is decoding the crime verse. 911, what's your emergency? Welcome back to another episode of Decoding the Crimeverse. I'm Danny. And I am Nolzi Lee. And today we have a... Guys, I was, ever since we decided on this topic, I've been so excited. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about it last week, Saturday, and we were just like, we have to do this. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I learned... I think I learned about it at school and it's honestly it's such an interesting story and it's a crime that it's not taught more in my honest opinion. Yeah. But um we are going to be doing Lumumba's assassination. So if you don't know who that is, Nolene, do you want to tell them? So Patrice Lumumba was a Congolese politician and independence leader who served as uh, the first prime minister of the Independent Democratic <laughs> Republic of the Congo from June until September 1960. He played a significant role in the transformation of the Congo from the colony of Belgium into the Independent Republic until his assassination. Yes, so he was the first prime minister of the independent country and he was born on the 2nd of July 1925 and he died on the 17th of January 1961. And obviously, hence the title, we are going to be focusing on that. But before we get into that, we are going to need to look at what Congo was going yeah. through, what it, what the political, I don't know if that's the right word, but what the environment and the atmosphere <laughs> was yeah. like in Congo at that time. So Congo was colonized by Belgium under the rule of King Leopold II in 1885. Now Belgium were known for their harsh rule and they when they colonized um, they then the people of Congo were subject to paternalism, which is the idea to treat them like kids even though they're full grown adults. That is crazy. <laughs> so I mean, you know how when you talk to a kid you like yeah. dumb down your speech yeah. and stuff like that. So they were literally talked to as if they were just That's simple crazy. children. And it was the reason why few were educated. They had no say in government. There were no political parties. And this was a problem. Yeah. Okay? Because when they got their independence, they were unprepared. They were not qualified to take control. And another example would be in Tanzania. When Tanzania was granted independence, only 12 people in the entire country had university educations. Yes. Yeah. What do you expect is going to happen? Okay, it's just a recipe for disaster, if you ask me. And Belgium had also used the tactic of divide and rule okay this was used throughout africa and what happened was during the scramble for africa africa was cut up and which is actually a fun fact that's why some of South or some of africa's countries have straight line borders yeah. they're called arbitrary borders or man-made borders because normal borders normally run around um, along rivers yeah. or mountain ranges but because the um, colonizers just saw my cut up and be like, oh, you get this piece, you get this piece. It's actually why we've got straight line borders in Africa. But the problem was when they colonized, they, they, some people that were close got separated because they didn't care who was living there. They just yeah. wanted the land. And some people who were enemies for hundreds and hundreds of years prior were now joined together and were forced to work together. They were forced to live together. You can imagine that that is going to 
create problems. And yeah. the reason they also used this tactic was because if they're divided, they won't unite against us. If we can keep them, they're different groups they're not going to rise up and overtake us yeah and that was a thing congo is huge it's 2345 meters squared okay with around 200 different ethnic groups that's a lot of different people yeah now you're going to tell them to <laughs> can you imagine yeah not all of them are friends some of them are like um who are you no some of them have hated each other's for generations yeah. so you can imagine now They've been put together in one single country. They were not united. Mm. They were divided. And this also played a role when they got their independence. They were also highly undeveloped. Europeans, when they built infrastructure in Africa, it was for their benefit. So, for example, if they built a train or a railway, it was to take the resources from like the mine to the boat. It wasn't for the people's yeah. use. They didn't go and build skyscrapers in the city. They <laughs> yeah. couldn't care less. They were like, Africa is a literally a gold mine for resources. And that's all we care about. We don't care about the people. They are literally here to make sure we get wealthy. Yeah. That was their mindset. They also had very low levels of skills also or primary skills. And that was another problem. Okay, Because Congo's economy was commodity based. And that is a... It's not a good thing to have your economy entirely based on primary resources yeah. because what that means is you're subject to the world market. And there's no specialization. Exactly. Specialization. Exactly. So, for example, if the world, I don't know, whatever, let's, let's just use coffee beans, yeah. for example. If the world's decided, oh, we're only going to pay $5 for coffee beans, who are, I mean, you just some little country. Yeah. You have no say. <laughs> yeah. You've got to sell the coffee beans for yeah. $5. But then guess what? They sell you back the ground coffee for $10. You aren't making profit. You're making a loss. Yeah. Okay. You sell for little and have to buy for more. And another thing, when the Europeans up and left, they didn't leave you money. Mm. You started independence with a bank balance of zero with few educated people, people who've never worked in government and low infrastructure, what did they expect to happen yeah. when they gave Africa its independence? Yeah. And that is the reason that today there is only 12 out of the 54 countries in Africa that have never seen military overthrows or dictatorships, which is sad. That is very sad. That is sad yeah. that the fact that only 12 countries in Africa have never been through like civil war or dictator. I mean... But like also, what? with the way they were treated, like kids and all of that stuff, they never got to experience leadership. No. And then when they get into leadership, leadership. then it's not, it's all about power and exercising their power. Exactly. Over the people. It's now that, oh, it's, I'm going to take my shot and I'm going to get, I'm going to do whatever I need yeah. to get there. And it's actually very sad um, because, oh, it's tragic what happened, <laughs> yeah, honestly. And I mean, you can still see it playing out today, yeah, you can. You're years you. and years later. So let's get into the actual assassination. So um, what happened was in 1959, violent protests erupted throughout the country. Yeah. Okay. And this resulted in negotiations in Brussels. And they declared, okay, you can have elections in May and then you can have your independence in June. So, I mean, they probably think, oh, wow, we're winning here. Yeah. Belgium had planned to kind of keep control behind the scenes. That didn't work, however. Um, and he now here's the thing. 
120 different political parties were on the voting ballot. Okay. 120 parties. How do you choose? Like that, <laughs> that, you know what then happens? It's not the majority win vote that wins. It's just the person who happened to have the, the most, most votes. votes. Yeah. Okay. And you've got to, tr- you've got to now try and um, please over 200 different ethnic groups. Yeah. How are you going to do that? When they're all like, no, we should be in charge. No, I should be in charge. No, but we should be in charge. Yeah. Already. Already you can see there's going to be unrest. Lumumba won, okay, and he became the first prime minister on the 30th of June, 1960. Congo was officially an independent country, okay? He was also a pan-Africanist, which he believed in unity. So he kind of wanted to um, unite the country, build it up. There's often, there's a lot of people who said he never had enough time. They say he probably would have done more than what he did, I mean... He literally had like three or four months in office. You can't do much with that. You cannot do much with that. Okay. And another thing was he didn't actually. So there was him. He was prime minister, but there was also a president, which I know that kind of sounds weird having a prime minister and a president. What what they did was the prime minister like had the control of decisions and the president was more like for ceremonial things. Oh, I'll go cut the ribbon for Mm -hmm. here or we'll be at the opening of this kind of thing. Yeah. Why, I don't know. Honestly, it's a bit weird. Just like a model for the country, basically. (laughs) But here was the thing, is both of these two people, already they had different views. Yeah. Lumumba, okay, wanted to have a united Congo under a strong centralized government. And the other wanted a federation of states based on ethnicity. So really, we've now got, hmm, two different views in government. And these are the two people with the power. Yeah. Now... And then five days, five, I'm not even kidding, five (laughs) days after independence, the army mutinies. Five. A whole five days. We didn't even get a week. They gave it like five days. We didn't even get a week. Okay, like guys could have waited like two days. Okay, and basically what this was was that the, um, they said they didn't want the white Belgians still in the army. So they were saying, get rid of them. They were like, we don't want them here. So. Lumumba then did dismiss all the white soldiers. But then again, we have a whole bunch of people who've never been trained. Yeah. And are inexperienced. Yeah. And they are now running your army. How okay. Now, when, now, for example, what happens if conflict does break out in your country? Yeah. And your army's inexperienced. They then can't stop it. Which is what the, one of the problems that's going to come later on happened. Lumumba didn't have an army to back up. Yeah. And to help him. Okay. And... Basically, um, four days later, not four days. I was going to say the 5th to the 11th is not four (laughs) days. I was like, wait. Literally six days later, we had another problem. And this was that a section, not a section, like an area of Congo called Katanga decided they want to succeed. So that means that they wanted to break away from Congo and they wanted to be their own country. Okay. Yeah. And... The reason they felt they could do this was, well, number one, they felt left out of governments. Okay. Two, they were backed by Belgium. But three, they had 50% of Congo's resources. They could have easily survived by themselves. Huge problem, though, for the rest of Congo. Huge problem. Okay. So, obviously, he's like, "Uh, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? And what happens? 12 days. Kid you not. 12 days after independence, we have civil war. 
must be nice. At least they gave it like 12 days. I mean, I don't know what the Belgians expected. Because if you leave people in a state where they, first of all, well, are uneducated, that was one unable, thing. then... Belgium made the mistake of literally dropping everything and going. Yeah. For example, the British colonies, like in Tanzania, they left people behind to do like a two or three year takeover, yeah. which was a better option because yeah. you could train people up. But the fact they literally packed their bags and they were like, they were bye. They're like, they were like, see you. We're leaving some soldiers behind, but Jesus. And these people are people who they, they have been taught how to be kids and so that's how they'd behave you have hardly anybody who's got past primary school education yeah. okay which all they've done with their lives is be in mines or work in farms or yeah. cut down i don't know what their main resources are so um but i mean and people have never ever ever had a say in government yeah they've never been allowed to participate in government yeah so I mean, even in South Africa, when we had our democracy, there was still like a, a changing over. Like there was then, like there was still people helped over yeah. like a five-year period. The sunset clause, um, where the white Afrikaners helped the new government set themselves up. And bear in mind that our government at least had degrees, and they were at least exactly educated. these people had nothing, absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean. That was one of the things is because it's a question that we were asked at the beginning of our, when we started studying this at school, they were like, so who's to blame for the fail of independence, the failure that was independence yeah. in Africa? And when you look at it, obviously, I mean, people did do military overthrows. I mean, that does play into account. But the way Africa got its independence was guaranteed to have huge problems yeah. come out of it. So... Yeah, like I said, it's a tragic story. <laughs> Could the Belgians probably have thought, let's drop them and then they'll fail. And then we'll That's what they wanted. They were like, we're going to drop them. They're going to see they can't do this and we can come back. And we'll just be like, and then they're going to ask and then us they'll be more. They'll be more powerful now because now you guys called us. Yeah, back. now you asked us. We, yeah, We didn't want to come back. We didn't want to, inverted commas, come back. And you guys called us back. So now you have to listen exactly. to what we have to say. And civil war is broken out. You have... An army that is inexperienced. Yeah. Okay. You can't control the people now. Okay. Your government's authority is collapsed. Yeah. All the white people, <laughs> they fled. They they're gone. gone. <laughs> they're gone. They left. Up, packed their bags and they were back <laughs> on the boat to Belgium. Okay. And Katanga's succession was tearing the country apart. Yeah. Okay. 12 days. An entire 12 days. Could you imagine being... Um, in Belgium and just going, <laughs> they couldn't even last. Well, they weeks. did do that because they sent troops in, yeah, to help. But Lumumba then applied, appealed to the UN, and was like, "This breaches the agreement of independence," and Belgium had to withdraw, yeah, because Belgium was fighting for Katanga. They were like, "No, let them break off." Yeah. So now, but now there's still civil war going on, and he has no army, and we are also in the middle of. The Cold War. Yeah. And, well, Congo is in basically the heart of Africa. It's got a huge land space area. Yeah. Area. And um, basically the idea was whoever got Congo could 
pretty much take over the rest of Africa yeah. because from there their ideology could spread. And Lumumba chose to turn to the USSR, who were more than happy to help. Of course. More than happy to of help. Of course, with no strings attached. Right. And you can imagine mm. the anger the US must have had. Being like, <laughs> um, who do you think you are? Who do you... Because also Lumumba had been to a US and apparently he'd like, when he was in his hotel room, had demanded such outrageous, like... Um, room service thing yeah. and he'd been like no I want two women to be in my room and blah, blah, blah. And so they were already like who's this man <laughs> who is he <laughs> who's this guy but that's what happens when you give <laughs> people power you, who previously you give them a, had nothing. what's the saying you give them a hand and they take the whole arm or something stupid like that yeah I don't know the exact saying he took America's arm <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so they he turned to the USSR and they, they are like yes because if they got communism into Congo it yeah. would spread far and wide throughout Africa yeah. especially because a lot of um, African countries were taking on um, African socialism yeah so it would have been very easy then to just slide in there with their communism and just Thank you, Lord. That never happened. Yeah. And you, <laughs> Thank you. you called communism, my sir. So now they able to. They have an opening. I mean, th- literally, Africa was up for grabs. That was another thing that played into the whole Africa's independence. Yeah. Is they now had two foreign nations yeah. who are just literally trying to be bigger than the other one. Yeah. Trying to get their hands into Africa. I mean... Okay. I mean, I'm grateful they got independence and weren't under co- colonization anymore, but... It, Came at the wrong time. It (laughs) really came at the wrong time. And moving on with the story, on the 5th of September, 1960, the Prime Minister and the President fired each other. So who goes and who stays? So now the country was like, what's happening? (laughs) What's happening? You fired. No, you fired. Uh, Um, People are like, okay. And then on the 14th of September, 1960, um, we had a coup d'etat. Yeah. Um, launched by Mobutu, and he deposed Lumumba and put Lumumba under house arrest. And um, at that point, Mobutu was still kind of like doing background. The, the president kind of still was your show pony. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go cut ribbons yeah. and bloody bloody do, do the parades and have all the fun. And Lumumba actually escaped because he had some followers in Stanleyville. Um, but was arrested again. Yeah. And then he was put into military prison. And then he was assassinated. Now, you see, the thing is, things get murky here. Because yeah. once he's put in that prison, there was one last photograph of him. And actually, people don't know what happened to him after that, if he was tortured or beaten. Because the next thing they heard was that he was dead. Yeah. And he was shot, cut up, and put in acid. So we don't know where he is, or his body, or his bones, because it's no longer existent. Hell of That's a way hectic. to go. Like, uh, how powerful must you be that they shoot you and they're like, no, he might still come back. And then they cut yes. you and they're like, no, it's still. And then they put you, like, what? But here's the thing, right? This is where things get interesting, because there was a whole conspiracy behind his death, including the CIA, Belgium, Katanga, and Mobutu. Why do I believe that? A whole conspiracy why do i believe that no 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 the president president eisenhower signed the assassination order on lumumba's life he signed it off america and getting involved in people's business he signed it off because he could not have lumumba running around with communists yeah 
okay? And the CIA and Katanga and whoever went in and they ended this man's life. Belgium was also involved because they obviously were dealing with Katanga and stuff like that. Yeah. But you, here's what makes me so irritated is that now, do you, now what happened after Lumumba? The US literally let Congo suffer just because they didn't want it to be communist. Do you think the USSR failed him? Do you, like, shouldn't they have protected him more? Or like, once they found out he was in danger, I mean, couldn't they have done more to make sure that I mean, they fight his battle, they fight on his side as well? I don't actually know why the CIA, uh, CIA the USSR didn't get more involved. Yeah. But I mean, because once Lumumba was dead, um, a few months later... Uh, Mobutu had his second coup d'etat where he took complete control. I think that's November 1960. I stand to be corrected. And he was ruthless. He was corrupt. Yeah. He was a dictator. Yeah. He ruled for 32 years. And this is what makes me so angry. Okay, America stands for democracy. It stands for freedom. Yeah. It stands for capitalism. But we're going to let this man stay in power just because it means we'll get what we want. But that means all the people living there yeah. have to suffer. Yeah. Okay, they did the same thing in Lugos. You, what? I don't know what I tried to say. <laughs> I meant to say Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia was um, basically after World War II. Um, obviously, Russia became communist and then spread its communism around. Mm. Yugoslavia, however, became communist on its own. Um, they they were communist kind of before World War yeah. II. Details not important, but the America said to them, "Okay, we'll let you keep your communism as long as you don't partner with the USSR and you you have trade agreements with us." So you see, the thing was, the Cold War was supposed to be a war of ideologies, capitalism versus communism. Yeah. But these are two prime examples of just who could be the bigger person, yeah. who could be the world's superpower. Yeah. Okay, and we let they let people suffer for thirty-two years under a dictatorship. That basically ruined the country because it meant the USSR would not get their hands on it. I think, honestly, if you, if you if you ask me, I feel like they should be tried with some sort of crime. Yeah. Because that is people's lives. They don't care about that, though. No, they, they don't. They care about control. They don't. L- listen, so under Mobutu's reign, production fell. Okay? It became a one-party state. It was strict and ruthless leadership, so much so they had public hangings. Okay, we haven't seen that since like the 1700s. Yeah. Okay, right? We had a cult of personalities set up. So if you don't know what that is, that's when you start um, the leader of the country kind of becomes like the god. Yeah. So like Stalin created one, Mao created one, and now Mobutu created one. I mean, it just, they, their lives did not improve it was inflation I think at some point it was like 70% inflation that is hectic (laughs) if you know anything about economics excuse me that is hectic there was corruption they they went bankrupt okay I'd say the one thing he did introduce Africanization which did help create a new identity for themselves now that they were no longer colonized but I mean they let this man rule yeah for their own purposes. Yeah. They didn't care. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's a dictator, but he's my dictator, so it's fine. 
because I put him there. Yeah. That should not be how this works. If you're going to be capitalist and you're going to fight for freedom and democracy, then it should be for all, not for the people who you decide. Well, yeah. I mean, they only care if it's in the... I mean, if it was in America, I mean, it would be the a biggest problem. Re- the biggest reason that they, um, the apartheid government um, kept using the thing that the ANC was communist is so that they could get the, US's, the USA's help yeah. to fight them. Because, oh, no, it's communism. Oh, no, it's communism. Now we need your help. And the Americans are like, oh, we're coming, we're coming, we're coming. <laughs> Where do the <laughs> Americans not go? I mean, if they want oil, if they want to prevent someone else from gaining power over them, whatever well, the reason That was is. another thing. Again, Congo's rich with minerals. Yeah. So Americans were like, um, and we can take us. that. So, <laughs> come on, bring us these nice things. We, we want them as well. So... That's my thing with what happened in Africa. There were so many people's hand in it. There were so many people's influence. Yeah. That I just feel like, oh, I just want to go back and hit some people <laughs> in the face and be like, you stupid idiots. Yeah. Just be like, what are you thinking? <laughs> oh, it makes me so angry. Oh, gives me a headache. But that was his assassination. I think that, that uh, please hear my heart and don't hear what I'm saying. <laughs> I think the assassination was cool. The way he died, you Be- mean? The, yeah, like, 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 not cool as in, like, it's awesome to cut people up and put them in acid. But I mean, if you're going to assassinate someone. Yeah, do it right. Do <laughs> it right. You know what I mean? So, CIA, props, props to you guys. <laughs> At the same time, it was very bad that you guys killed him. I cannot believe and I'm outraged by the fact that you killed that man. But good job. <laughs> <laughs> My dad asked me to ask you what it, um, how do you think the queen was involved? I can't <laughs> bring this on me during a recording. Me and you were together before this. Um, <laughs> for me, I think the queen probably held the USSR back from, from coming to help. I mean, that lady only works for things that serve her interest. I don't even think she was involved in this. But the fact that Princess Diana was going to take her kids and go and stay with them in a Muslim country. What does that have to do with what happened in Congo? Then she was like, I'm going to kill you. Because that's her interest. Congo is not her interest. She, Congo, she so she wasn't years. involved. We don't know. We actually don't know. She's big friends with America. I feel like Nolene could blame World War II on, Kong, on, on the Queen. <laughs> well, if you look oh at it. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, Nolene. Yeah. Remember who listens to these shows? The cups they gave her weren't the right cups that she liked. The cups? Yeah. And because (laughs) of that, she got angry. And that was the beginning of World War II. So so it was the Queen and not Hitler and his psychopathic ideals. Hitler was angry because she didn't like the cups. (laughs) Why didn't you just say, yes, the cups are nice? You know, she was like, like a teenager. I think she was 10 in World War II. Whether she's 10, 70, 80, 90, 20, 30, whatever age this lady. Okay, maybe when she was a kid, she wasn't like this, but I definitely Okay, know. but let's, let's end the show before Nolene <laughs> goes on a whole rant about the queen. So, yeah. Now until next time.
No mourners. No funerals. Active FM. Radio has never been better. Enjoying the Active FM shows? Well, then catch us on Instagram at Active FM Triple Seven. Don't hesitate. Find, follow, and enjoy us on all our different platforms. You don't want to miss out.